Uh, we're in a four-part series called Change, Guilt, Pain, and Worry. And uh, we're trying to uh, help you where it hurts the most this holiday season. I figure that the happy, happy, joy, joy stuff, that comes pretty easily. You can kind of take care of that on your own. But honestly, through the holiday seasons, there can be some uh, change, guilt, pain, and worry. And so we want to help you be able to deal with that. Uh, last week, we talked about change and talked about the concerns in our life that can become a crisis. And we have to make a choice and uh, gave you some um, uh, preparation steps for when that happens in your life. I had a couple of people told me, I'm going to keep this outline, stick it in my Bible, keep it uh, so when that happens or when it happens to somebody in my life, I'm prepared to help them understand what's going on. So I appreciated that encouragement and would encourage you with it as well. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, guilt. And, uh, you know, the, the, these problems, I don't, I don't know if they really are more intense through the holiday season, it's just that, or that they're more frequent, but everything is just more intense through the holidays. And uh, maybe it's because we're around people uh, more that we're not necessarily around uh, all the rest of the year, or maybe it's because our memories become so strong through the holiday season, and certainly our emotions uh, can run high, and expectations now, you know, the expectations that come out during the holiday seasons, the expectations that we have of other people and the expectations they place on us. And so there's just a lot of opportunity here to, uh, to wound one another. And so we wanted to deal with that. And then today, specifically, we're going to look at, at the issue of guilt. There's a lot of myths out there about guilt, a lot of misunderstanding about guilt and how to deal with it. And so today we want to talk to you about the truth about guilt I'm going to begin with a passage in Isaiah 1.18 of the Old Testament. I love this out of the New Living Translation. Uh, God speaking says, Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. And, and I just love that phrase. Let's settle this. It's like God saying, let's just be done with this once and for all. Okay, let's deal with it. Though your sins are like scarlet. You know, even though your past is tainted with red, it can be white as snow. And we often think of a white Christmas, we think of snow. We think of white snow covering the grass and the driveways and, and making everything look fresh and new. I want you, instead of thinking of white snow for a white Christmas, I want you to think of the condition of your heart. God says, I will, I will make them as white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool if you will only obey me. God says, if this is going to happen, you've got to do it God's way. And dealing with your guilt in God's way is counterintuitive to the way we typically deal with guilt. It's countercultural, the way our culture tells us to deal with guilt. It goes against the grain. It takes a choice to obey God in order to get God's results. And so if you want something snow white, if you want something to be made right in your life, it's not going to happen if you pursue the way that, that, that you think you need to go. It's going to happen when you believe God, when you obey God, when you buy into what God uh, says about it. If I'm going to overcome change, guilt, pain, and worry, I've got I to set aside my way of doing things, and I've got to do it God's way. Because God's way works if we obey Him. Now, when it comes to the issue of guilt, we, we all struggle with guilt. Uh, guilt is one of the steps in the grief cycle. And so if over the past year, if you've experienced any grief, maybe the loss of a loved one or the loss of a job or maybe a move or maybe uh, children uh, growing up and leaving the home, any kind of a loss in your life leads to grief. And one of the steps in the grief cycle is guilt. Uh, 
And so it's very natural for us to experience guilt in that area. One of the reasons we fall into overspending, we fall into the gift trap at Christmas, is because we're trying to overcompensate for our guilt. We're trying to to overcompensate, maybe for some neglect or maybe for some uh, you know, uh, occurrence that happened. And so we overspend and buy an extravagant gift trying to deal with our guilt. Uh, one of the, the reasons that we, we experience depression through the holiday season is, quite frankly, our guilt. We, we don't deal with our sins the, the right way. We don't deal with our wrongdoings. And so through this season, we can feel guilty about them. Uh, one of the side effects of gluttony is guilt. Uh, you know, we even refer to some of the Christmas treats. I mean, it's amazing. They're just blatant about it, though. You know, the guilty pleasures cookies. And, you know, I mean, they just, you know, they're right up front about it. So, uh, you know, why does every Christmas cookie recipe start with five pounds of sugar, three pounds of caramel, and two pounds of chocolate? And then stir and eat it. I mean, it's just, you know, I don't know. I guess better than kale. Uh, but... <laughs> A a, a pastor friend of mine, he posted on Facebook, he asked people, what is the most difficult thing you have ever had to face as it relates to forgiveness? And he got over 400 responses, and well over half of them said that the biggest forgiveness issue didn't have to do with forgiving another person, it had to do with forgiving myself. You know, it has to do with me. I can't forgive myself. I hate myself. I hate what I've done. I hate what I've caused. I can't let go of my guilt, and I don't think God can forgive me. And maybe you've known someone, maybe a friend, a family member, co-worker, maybe yourself, and your guilt just runs so deep that, that you have become convinced that God can't or won't forgive you. And so I want us to, to look at some ways here that we try to deal with guilt and then look at the way that God tells us that we ought to deal with it. And one of the ways that we can try and, and deal with guilt on our own is, uh, I think, I can bury it. I can sweep it under the rug. I can stuff that skeleton into the closet. I'll just put some time between myself and the thing I've done wrong. Well, you know, I mean, time heals all wounds, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. In fact, when it comes to guilt, uh, time often makes it worse. The longer the time goes on, the, the, the bigger the guilt becomes. I mean, you try to bury your guilt, you try to stick that skeleton in the closet, it's going to haunt you again and again and again. It just doesn't go away, because guilt won't stay buried. It's got to be dealt with. It's got to be healed in order for it to go away. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, powerful verse. It says, he who conceals his sins does not prosper. Concealing sin is not the way to go. You can't bury it. But whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. If you want to find freedom from your sin and guilt, it doesn't happen by concealing it. It happens by confessing it. And we confess our sin to God to, to get forgiveness And we confess our sins to one another in order to find healing. That's what James 5 says. It says, confess your faults one to another so you'll be forgiven. No, so that you might be healed. Now, you don't have to share your sin with everybody, but you've got to share it with somebody. I mean, you've got to confess it. You've got to open it up and share it with somebody. Because if you just conceal it, if you hide it, if you put it under the rug, if you act like it's not there... No, it's not going to go away. 
And so you need a place and you need a person where you can confess it, where you can renounce it, where you can deal with it. And frankly, that's one of the reasons why we're so big on small groups around here. And that's why we're big on Celebrate Recovery, because in both of those ministries, it puts you into connection with other people. You can find someone. You don't have to sit in front of the whole group and confess your sin, but it's in the small group setting that you establish some relationships where you can become close enough with one or two other people in the group, and, and you have the opportunity to have a conversation. Say, you know, man, I just feel so bad about this. I did this, and it's just been haunting me, and, and would you just pray with me about it? And I tell you what, you do that, and, and you'll be free. You'll be healed. I mean, it happens over and over again because God says you can't hide it. You, you can't bury it. We're only as sick as our secrets. And so you've got to get into a place where you can, where you can say that stuff out loud. And uh, you shine a light on that skeleton and pff, he's gone. Next, what we try to do with our guilt is, and this is, for me, is one of the most heartbreaking, is I can beat myself up. I just think that if I just beat myself up about my guilt, that, that, that that's going to help. I, you know, if I, oh man, I'm just such a jerk. I'm, I just feel so bad about this. I've ruined everything. And, and people can blame themselves for stuff that they're not really even responsible for. People will blame themselves for a loved one's death when, when they had nothing to do with the circumstances related to that death. We, we, we can blame ourselves. We can become convinced that the loved one is gone because of us. And, and we just beat ourselves up. Uh, you know, King David, uh, king of Israel, uh, he's known for writing the Psalms, but, but he also was known that he committed adultery and then murdered the husband in order to cover it up, and then he lied and deceived everybody about it. And, and he tried to bury his sin, and he beat himself up over it. In Psalm 38, he says, I am drowning in the flood of my sins. They are a burden too heavy to bear because I have been foolish. I'm utterly worn out and crushed. My heart is troubled. And some of you, that describes you. That describes the burden that you have because you're just worn out. You're crushed. Your, your heart is troubled because you're beating yourself up over your guilt. And that is not going to free you from it. That is not what God wants you to do with your guilt. Third thing I can do is I can blame others for my guilt. And this has been going on as long as there have been people. <clears throat> I mean, in the first two people in the Bible, Adam and Eve, Eve uh, or Adam blamed Eve for his sin, and Eve blamed the serpent for her sin, and, you know, they just blaming each other. You know, that, and that blame shifting doesn't take care of the guilt, it just spreads it around. Okay? It, it's ineffective. So what's the solution? Well, if you're going to let go of your guilt, number four, I can believe God. Because God sees your life differently than you do. God sees your past differently than you do. God sees your guilt differently than you do. And the problem is, is, is you don't believe it. And you can even be sitting in church singing the songs, and yet forgiveness seems so far away and guilt seems so near. Maybe you feel like that right now. You're thinking, you know, Kelly, you're talking about all this forgiveness and the band just sang about it and, and yeah, that's out there, but man, my guilt is just right here. I want you to start with the belief that God says about you and your past. It's in your notes on the screen, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, circle the phrase, in Christ. 
If you have believed in Jesus Christ, if you have trusted in Christ, recognized him as God's son and your savior, then you are in Christ. And if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has, say the word with me, gone. It is gone. The new has come. And the problem isn't that your guilt isn't gone. The problem is you don't believe it's gone. You don't recognize, you don't see it the way God sees it. And my, my goal today is not to make your guilt go away because your guilt's already gone if you're in Christ. My goal is to help you understand that, to see your life in, in a new reality. The old has gone, the new has come. You've got to believe that. And what I love about the Bible and, and God is that God uses people with a past to help people with a past. Because all of us have a past. And God knows that the only way that we're going to be convinced that this works is if he uses somebody with a past. So, so God picked people. God picked really bad people, partly because that's all he had to work with. But, but you know, over half the New Testament was written by a guy who was a murderer, who was a serial killer. Who, who, I mean, it wasn't just random meanness. I mean, it was targeted genocide. He was trying to exterminate all the Christians. And his name was Paul. And he became the Apostle Paul. He's a murderer, a blasphemer, a violent man. He swore at God. He killed believers. And yet God let the Holy Spirit use Paul to write more than half the New Testament. God picked the guy with a past to help people with a past. So, so look what the guy with the past says to you in 1 Timothy 1. He says, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I mean, let that description settle in on you. Blasphemer, persecutor, violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord Jesus was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The, the, the old is gone and the new has come. Next phrase, next phrase is crucial. He says, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Say that phrase with me, full acceptance. And that's what you and I need to do. We need to fully accept it. Because one, once you give it your full acceptance, it becomes a reality. Too many of us want it to become a reality before we accept it. And that's not how the life of faith works. So, so here's the truth God is trying to tell us that he wants us to accept. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Jesus came at Christmas to forgive people, to forgive you, to save you, to remove your guilt. And before you think it's not possible, Paul, the guy with the past, says, hey, it's possible. You need to fully accept it because he did it for me. I'm going to give you a few things to help you let go of your guilt. Number one, you've got to stop trying to earn forgiveness. Stop trying to earn forgiveness. People get, get God confused with Santa. We think that God has a naughty and a nice list. That, that God is, is keeping track of who's naughty and who's nice. 
And so, you know, here's how it plays out. You're here at church. I'm reading a verse about forgiveness, songs being sung about forgiveness. And you're about to recognize the truth that God has forgiven you. And then you hear this little voice in the back of your head that says, well, well, you're not forgiven. You're on the naughty list. You're on the naughty list. And, And so if you think that you have to earn God's forgiveness, then you'll make other people earn forgiveness from you. You know, oftentimes we're not struggling with forgiving the person because of, of what they've done to us. It's because we've never received God's forgiveness ourselves. And at the root of unforgiveness is unbelief. You don't believe God has forgiven you. And so that makes you unforgiving of other people. If I've got to earn forgiveness from God, you've got to earn forgiveness from me. It's a myth. It's wrong. We, we don't understand the gospel if that's how we're operating. The gospel is Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he's not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Jesus Christ paid for all your sins. He died on the cross to save you. Your sin's covered. It's been paid for. People don't go to hell because of their sin. People go to hell because they don't believe that Jesus paid for their sin. The Bible says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It doesn't say, earn my forgiveness, and you'll be saved. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works. You're not going to earn this, so no one can boast. You know, the the truth is, you really don't even need forgiveness, because that's already been granted. You just need the faith to receive the forgiveness. Jesus says in Matthew 10, freely you have received, freely give. You know, if you don't give forgiveness, it it might mean that you haven't received it. If you're holding on to bitterness and resentment in your heart, maybe you need to receive forgiveness from God in order to be able to give it to other people. Because as you freely have received, you'll freely give. You know, the best part of God's day is when he can let you off the hook. You know, we tend to think that God's just looking around, his eyes are going to and fro over the earth, looking for whom he can spank. No, no. God's looking earnestly for people who are believing in Jesus Christ so he can extend forgiveness, so he can show them his love, so he can pour out his compassion, so he can free them from their guilt and their sin. It's not something you earn, it's something you receive. And the bad news is, is that it's an ongoing struggle. Because you've got to remember number two, you've got to be prepared to defeat every lie with the truth. Because the enemy, the world, the flesh, and the devil come and they remind you of all the sin, all the shame, all the guilt that you have in your life. And when the devil makes his accusations, you've got to be armed with God's word. Because he's a master liar. He lies nonstop. I mean, it's his job description. It's his nature. And the Bible says his name is slanderer and accuser. 
Jesus said in John 8, he says, When the devil lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Revelation 12 tells us that Satan literally stands before God day and night, accusing us of our sin and wrongdoing. It's just what he does. And fortunately, God doesn't listen to him. Because God's like, it's all taken care of. Christ took care of it. But so then the devil comes to us and he puts it in our mind and he stirs it up in our, in our heart and we fall for the lies and we're right back where we started. That's why you've got to be armed with the truth of God's word in order to defeat the lies. You know, when the devil comes and accuses you, when he reminds you of your sin, 1 Corinthians 1.30, you've got to remember this. Read this out loud with me. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy, and he freed us from sin. I mean, amen. You know, God doesn't forget our sin because God can't forget anything. If he forgot something, he wouldn't be omniscient, and and God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. What God does is he chooses not to remember the sin. He he literally refuses to, to recognize it and to bring it up. And if you want to be like God, you've got to choose to remember your sin no more. You've got to choose to remember the sin of other people no more. And yet when it comes to guilt and regrets, we can have amazing memories. Amazing memories. I'm amazed at the things I forget. I mean, it's, it's just become... I mean, I forget where I parked. I mean, I came out the back door the other day and was going to go and get my car, and my car was gone. And my first thought was, somebody stole my car. And then my next thought was, who would steal my car? (laughs) And so then I'm thinking, you know, all the staff moves my car because they'll do stuff like that to me, and I forgive them for it. But (laughs) all of a sudden I realized, no, nobody stole my car, nobody moved my car, I just parked it over there where I forgot where it was at. Okay, So I'm amazed at the things I can forget. I'm amazed at the things I can remember. Things from my childhood, things I did wrong, offenses that I committed, uh, hurts that other people did to me. I mean, that stuff, man, I can remember that stuff with real clarity. And maybe you can too. But if I'm going to be like God, if I'm going to forgive myself and let go of guilt, I have to defeat the lie of that memory. And I've got to recognize the truth of God's forgiveness. And you've got to be armed with the truth of God's word because when those skeletons come marching out of that closet, and it'll happen. It'll happen today. It'll happen tomorrow. It's going to happen during this holiday season. And I can't stop that from happening for you, but I can arm you with the truth. And so anytime the enemy raises up that old memory, that old accusation, uh, you know, you just got to raise up the standard of God's word, and, and you just got to you got to own it. I mean, I would encourage you take this verse, put your name in there, put it in the first person. I mean, listen to the power of this. Christ made Kelly Walter right with God. He made Kelly Walter pure and holy. And he freed Kelly Walter from sin. I mean, stick your name in there. Own that verse. It'll change that thing. You will win the battle. The truth is, you claim that truth, and you'll put the ghosts and skeletons to rest. I'm not guilty. I'm right with God. I'm pure and holy. I am free. You can find freedom through the power of the word. Last one. If you're haunted by guilt, can't get over that painful event, then you need to allow God to turn it around for good. God doesn't create bad. God redeems bad. 
God has this unique ability to take bad and turn it around for good. And too few of us take God up on this tremendous opportunity that he offers us. I mean, when we've got bad things that we've done in the past, and we've got guilt that we've been carrying around, we'll either wallow in it and relive it, or, or we'll just wish it never happened. We'll just wish it away. And, and, and God doesn't want to do that. All through Scripture, we see bad things happening to good people. We see people doing bad things. And all through Scripture, we see God taking those bad things that happen and he redeems them, he turns them around, and he uses them for our good and for his glory. And we don't have to look any further than Christmas to see, see this happen. I mean, God sent his son as a love gift to the world. And what did we do? We rejected the gift and we killed his son. <laughs> I mean, you talk about bad, you talk about guilt... But God is powerful enough that he used the death of his very own son to seal our pardon, to make us right with God, to remove our guilt, to give us forgiveness. He brought the ultimate good out of the ultimate evil. And God wants to do that with things in your life. And if you're going to let go of the guilt in your life, you need to believe that God can cleanse you and you've got to stop trying to cleanse yourself. And, and you need to be armed with the truth in order to defeat the lies. And then you need to trust God to use your past for his glory. I mean, it'll bring healing to you, and it'll free you from your guilt, and it'll help other people. It's one of the great promises of God. God never wastes a hurt. No, he redeems it. I mean, here's Paul. Paul used to murder Christians, and God turns him into a church planter. <laughs> I mean, that's just insane, people. You know? And, and I know Paul was haunted by his past because you see it in his writings. I mean, he, he's saying things like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm letting go of the past and I'm pressing on to the future. Romans chapter 7 is just a whole struggle with Paul between the way he used to be and the way he wanted to be. But in Romans 8.28, he says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And maybe you can't see that right now. You can't see how God could use your wrongdoing or your woundedness. You can't see it right now, but, but you need to know it. And you need to allow God to turn it around and use it. We see that in the story of Joseph. It, it, it's in, in the book of Genesis. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. And he was betrayed. He was falsely accused. He was rejected, humiliated. He was put in prison, years in prison. And Joseph ends up rising from prison to become the second in command in Egypt. And eventually he has the opportunity. He, he meets his brothers, the brothers who sold him into slavery, the brothers who wished he were dead. And he meets them again, and he has the opportunity with the wave of his hand to just kill them, exterminate them, execute them. And he, he just has this amazing outlook. And when he meets his brothers, he says, you intended to harm me. And I just love that phrase because it is just so powerful. I mean, Joseph doesn't say, I, you guys made a mistake. I'm sure this was an oversight on your part. I'm sure this was, you know, unintentional. I'm, I'm sure, you know, no. He says, you meant it. You meant it. You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good. 
God meant it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. If you're going to get past your past, if you're going to let go of your guilt, you've got to believe what God says about you. God says you're clean. You're forgiven. You've got to arm yourself with the truth of God's word. The old is gone, the new has come. I'm right with God. I'm holy. I'm pure. I am free. And then you let God turn it around for good. Let him take that thing you feel guilty about and use it for his glory. Abraham, another guy with a past. I mean, all the heroes of the faith had past. They all stumbled, they all sinned, they all carried a load of guilt. In in Romans 4, it, it tells how Abraham was able to let go of his guilt. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham's wrongs were made right because he believed God. Because he had faith. The truth is, you don't need forgiveness. It's already been granted. You just need faith to believe it. You need to believe what God says about you. What God says about your guilt. Let's pray together. Maybe you're here today and and you just need to make a decision right now. I'm not asking you to feel it. I'm asking you to fully accept it. It deserves full acceptance that Christ came into the world to save you. And he's done it for people who are worse than you, so why not you? And I just encourage you in in this moment to just receive the unconditional, overwhelming love and forgiveness of God in your life. Because Jesus Christ has paid for your sin. And, and, And you need to stop running Stop running from God. You need to stop running your own life. You need to surrender to him and believe and receive the forgiveness. Surrender your life to Christ and he'll make all things new. And he will turn your guilt around and use it for your good and his glory. And yes, you've still got a journey ahead of you, but but God will give you the power to handle whatever the enemy throws your way. Your sin's paid for. Every bit of it is gone. And we just need to accept that. And so would you just pray, just in the quietness of your own heart and mind, would you just say, God, thank you for forgiving me. I accept what Christ did for me when he died on the cross. May he live live inside of me now. May I be in Christ. May Christ be in me. And make me brand new. With all my heart, I surrender to you. God, use me. Use my past for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.